Welcome to the Drink Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and beer is our first and second breakfast. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys. And this week we're reading The Hobbit by J.R.R. You fucking know who wrote it. You fucking know who wrote this book. <laughs> Definitely. And we're starting with a beer. And this is, gentlemen, not a brag, but in terms of like exclusive special beers, I win this. I win this, this one's game. one's made from the blood of Ethiopian children or something. No, that's cheap. This is a beer that beer nerds talked about all last year in 2017 and fucking lined up. Where do they talk about these things? The interwebs. Oh, I should have guessed that. And people uh, lined up to buy it. People blew each other to get it. Ooh. And I have this bottle. This is the last bottle. I bought three. And I am going to share it with you, gentlemen. It is Privilege. Founders CBS from their Barrel Age series. This is an imperial stout brewed with chocolate and coffee aged in maple syrup bourbon barrels. And what does CBS stand for? I mean, Canadian, CSI is on every night. Canadian <laughs> breakfast stout. Canadian. Canadian because of the maple. I would have thought chocolate, but... Because of the maple. It's got a Mountie on the bottle. That and is very Canadian. what the fuck does that have to do with The Hobbit, you might ask? Well, 40% of The Hobbit... Took place in Canada. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. It's them eating breakfast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so, Mordor is just outside of Edmonton. It, <laughs> it might not be the strongest connection in terms of title and plot and theme, but it's probably one I of think the it's a pretty strong Hobbits connection. love breakfast. So do dwarves. There aren't really a lot of humans in this one. Mm. There's the Lake Town folks. And that's, that's like a footnote. Lake Town is like one chapter. Not in the film version. The film version is a whole movie. Because I, I, yeah, uh-huh. I read this book when I was like maybe 12 or 13. And then I saw the movies as they came out. And I've forgotten how, like, I mean, I knew, like, Legolas wasn't in the book. I know they added that shit. But, like, I was surprised how much they really, like, really milked it for three movies worth. Mm-hmm. Well, they took Lord of the Rings, which was originally one book and turned it into three movies. They took The Hobbit, which is one book and turned it into Yeah, it did movies. not, like, yeah. they really stretched that shit out. Like, Lake Town was one chapter. And the guy, the bard character, was just like, oh, he shot the dragon. The end. That was it. Well, he's important at the very end. when they And at, and at the battle, which was a separate movie. Yeah, it was it was one. The chapter. battle was two chapters, maybe one chapter. Well, they added like the, I mean, the Lord of Lake Town has one line in the book, and then he gets you know they get Stephen Fry to play him, so like let's give him a whole shit ton of screen time. Yeah, I mean it was it was wildly different. I mean right, it was expanded. Let's talk about this beer before anything else. What do you think? Oh, yeah. It, it feels like pretty, a heavy stout. It's pretty intense. I think because it's like sweet. It's not something I would have a lot. And of. definitely no. chocolatey. This is probably one of the most chocolatey beer. It beers is I've ever definitely. Oh, and maple syrup bourbon barrels. See, I don't get the maple syrup, though. I don't... So, because it's, it's the maple to... syrup in a barrel, it's like bourbon... So, is it... They bourbon took syrup. A bur- they made bourbon, <clears throat> put it in a barrel. <clears throat> aged that for a while. They took it out. Then they put maple syrup in. Aged that. it for a while. They took the maple syrup out, and, and they sold that separately, you know, because it's not them. Because they, they, they put the barrels, and they don't put the they syrup put in this? Beer in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, they put the syrup in the barrel. So, if you go to, you know, maple syrup places, you know, in Vermont, Canada, the Shire... They have the real one, the real shrine, the new one. They sell maple syrup in every fucking store. Like you can go to like a tire store, and they're like, "Oh yeah, good year." And here's our maple maple syrup section. And a thing that you'll see is maple syrup aged in bourbon barrels, because not only can you put beer in a bourbon barrel, you can put maple syrup in there. They take a bourbon barrel because the bourbon has to be a fresh barrel. So when bourbon manufacturers have used that barrel and they bottled what was in it, they have to discard that barrel. So they make a lot of money selling the barrels. To that's, everyone else. That's recent. In the 90s, they couldn't pay... They had to pay people to cart them away. They they also... They sell them to Irish and Scottish whiskey makers and scotch makers because of, like, the barrels themselves, like, the bourbon barrels, is, like, scotch aged in bourbon barrels. Sure. It's like a thing now. It's very yeah, weird. It's a, but it's all relatively new for scot- for spirits to be aged in, aged in them for beers and maple syrup. So founders found out about this maple syrup bourbon barrels a few years ago, and they made this beer. And then they haven't bottled it since I think 2013 I think 2017 it came out December this thing yes this beer was it four years old no no this beer's from this year's batch hmm. they made it in 2013 it was like a hard to find thing very quickly kind of disappeared and then once they announced that it was coming out again in 2017 like people the beer nerds were fucking oh, so, crazy about so they it. took a few years off yeah they might have done it in on tap at their because they they're in uh, Michigan they might have had it at the tap room. They might have had it in kegs in rare places. Mm. But a distributed barrel, a bottle release, that didn't happen until 2017. And this is the thing people were like, oh, what day? Not only knowing what day is it coming out and what day it's going to be at the beer distributor, but calling at the distributor asking, what time will you have it that I'll get there? That people would line up. Huh. And I didn't actually line up because I, I called the place where I buy some, one of the places I go to buy beer. 
And he's like, yeah, we'll have it. And if you, you know, it's not going to, I don't think we're going to have that big of a crowd just because of the neighborhood, I guess. And I went in and I bought three bottles of it for fucking $34 a bottle. $34 a bottle? It's a little pricey. You can probably, if you hunt around, you can get it for 30 That's still pretty pricey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was a Friday. Saturday by Saturday, that store had sold out. Huh. I think it's really good. I think it's so over, it was so overhyped that I couldn't help yeah, but be based disappointed. On, based on that, that's like, it's like if Jesus himself made a beer and he put his own Jesus into it. <laughs> well, Evil Twin makes a beer called Even More Jesus, which we've had some of those in the past. Mm-hmm. Well, we had to leave some Jesus for that. <laughs> anyway, that's my, uh, one of my offerings in this uh, er, episode, and we're going to drink the shit out of these beers. Yes. I think it's really tasty. I don't get the maple or the bourbon in it. it there is something sweet. And maybe that's just sort of the stout. Part, the chocolates. <clears throat> there is a little chocolate's bit of Chocolate's like a usually pretty, fl- uh, uh, pretty normal flavor in stouts that I found. Yeah. Well, I mean, this one is extra chocolatey. But I, I, there's a get sweetness. The but maple syrup on its own doesn't have a super strong flavor. I mean, it's sweet. Like and actual and maple syrup. Like we're used to the uh, fake, the log cabbage chip, which is fantastic. Exactly. Real but that's maple, not maple syrup. Real maple syrup doesn't have a very, very strong flavor. So if it's with something else that has a strong flavor, you're not going to taste the maple. So it's kind of a waste then. Maybe it's for people it's with more, more discerning good. palates or, you know, pretentious dicks. Well, I spoke, my beer dude told me that when I bought it, he's like, don't age a man. Because I was like, buying a couple bottles. What some people do, you know, they'll buy a few bottles one to drink down, some to drink down the line, which I had thought about, but I never really, have, I rarely have the self control to hold on to something for a long time. Uh, he said that he had had it on tap fairly recently, and it was a few years old, and he couldn't taste any of the coffee, and he couldn't taste any of the maple. After a few years, like the coffee, what does kinda, it taste like then? Well, then you get more of the other flavors, I guess, the chocolate and the stout qualities are, you know, hmm. more pronounced. Now we won't know because we opened up my last bottle. I saw it at a store recently for thirty dollars a bottle. I was like, should I buy more of this right now? Because they had, like, Stuck ten up. bottles. I was like, should mm-hmm. I just buy them? I mean, they only come out every four years. But, I, you know, I, I, I struggled with this. These, this is, these are the, these are the worth, problems I have. Do you think it's worth $34 a bottle? I, I cannot tell you a beer I've ever had that's worth $34 a bottle. That's fair. Unless that beer blows me when I pee it out the next day. Or 45 minutes later. Yeah, very, <laughs> very confusing. <laughs> for, for some time, that's a talented beer. I, don't, I, can't, I can't tell you. I mean, I certainly don't have a favorite beer. It's kind of hard to have a favorite beer when you've had a lot of them. Like, mm. you, know, like, you have a favorite beer for different scenarios, different temperatures and whatever. This is really, really good, but I would not pay $34 a bottle for it again. That seems pretty steep. But then again, you know, maybe in like 2021, the next year that it's in bottles, I'll just like, you know, maybe maybe this batch is different. Dude, maybe I've changed as a drinker. I need to remember that Hobbit episode. <laughs> Get in touch with the Hobbit in me. Yeah. So when, when we're on episode... A couple hundred. You know, that one, we're on episode 200 something, yeah. Well, that'll be reason to sell it. We might need to drink a uh, mm-hmm. $34 bottle of beer. Totally. I don't, All right, let's I don't talk about the book. <laughs> the book. I, I got an idea. Let's talk about the book. Because um, now that we're, you know, that many minutes in, we should talk about it. All right, so The Hobbit. Everyone knows The Hobbit. Yeah, you already know everything, but we'll just, you know... The gist. There's a lot, there's a lot of stuff that we can go into. So, there are these things called Hobbits. Midget <clears throat> <Yeah. laughs> The end, synopsis over. Uh, <laughs> there's things called Hobbits that like just to sit at home in their nice little... Hole, which is actually like a nice house. It's not like a hole in the ground. It's like an underground. But it's also breakfast in a hill. They're almost like the quintessential, quintessential English gentleman, you know. But with hairier feet. With much hairier feet. (laughs) I mean, Um, so I, so I hear. Less overt racist. (laughs) Yes. Better teeth. (laughs) They don't do it too much imperializing. (laughs) Exactly, because they don't like leaving home. So they they don't like leaving home. You know, I gotta say, you're just a guy who likes to sit around at home, eating snacks, reading a book in his, you know, house. That sounds like me. <laughs> but like... I'm a little too tall. Like one-third your size. Yeah. <laughs> and they're really little. If you read the book, like, how big is a dwarf, right? A dwarf is like three or four feet. But like, the hobbit is significantly smaller than the dwarfs. I'd say a hobbit is like three feet tall. Yeah, he's a little fucker. So anyway, uh, Bilbo, the hobbit, is at home in his nice little home. And then eventually, and then at one random day... Gandalf, the wizard, who apparently knows him already, or is a friend of the family, or something like that, shows oh, it's up. Never really clear. Never really on clear. Is it why he shows up and why he picks Bilbo? Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, because he's so wise. Because all along the time, along the book, he's saying to the dwarves, "We're like, this guy sucks, Gandalf." It's, be- it's because he had already written the other books and needed a way to tie. <laughs> it no, back this in. came out first. Did it come out first? I was never really sure. I thought, thought it did. I thought it was. Like I thought it was a prequel. It, it, I mean, it, it serves as a prequel retroactively, I suppose. But but or those serves as a sequel. I was but, never. I was never sure. And Did is... he write Lord of the Rings first, and then he wrote The Hobbit? Oh, in terms of when it was written, who the fuck? I don't know. That. I think he but wrote The Hobbit afterwards. The Hobbit was published first. first. 
I mean, that would make more sense. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going like to guess kid, years, but. and then we'll confirm my guesses, but I'm pretty... You, you could, I think The Hobbit was released in 1937. I mean, I originally thought and that I think The Hobbit was first, 1952, but then I heard guesses. that it was afterwards. And Holy I, fucking shit, The Hobbit came out in September of 1937, and my guess for Lord of the Rings was 52. I don't know. Okay, Lord of the Rings, according to the venerable Wikipedia, the story of Lord of the Rings began as a sequel to Tolkien's 1937 fantasy novel, The Hobbit, and it was published... Oh, 54. Damn. Pretty close. So The Hobbit did come out first. Came out first, written was first. written first. Okay, first. all right. I was never sure. So anyway, uh, Gandalf the wizard just shows up in Hobbiton and says, and basically have a conversation at Bag End. Exactly. Which, you know, that, that's a clever thing. Does it mean dick? It's cul-de-sac in English. Oh. He's so British. Yeah. Well, so British. Well, Tolkien was a fucking professor of philology and... Spoke uh, they probably ten languages or something ridiculous like that, mm-hmm. but among like old dead but, languages, but like old English, Middle English, Gothic, like all these dead Germanic languages. So he, I mean, that that's a thing in Lord of the Rings more so probably, but he took this French term and just English English version of it. Bag end is cul-de-sac, end, end of the bag, right? Is <laughs> that what cul-de-sac means? End of the bag, essentially, right? Like end of the sack. I mean, I don't fucking speak French, but like that makes sense. Yeah, certainly. Uh, so anyway, Gandalf shows up. And says, I'm looking for uh, somebody to go on an adventure. And Bilbo says, no, I don't want to go on an adventure. I want to stay here. I'm a and after I don't a, like fun. Exactly. After a brief exchange, uh, Gandalf decides, yep, it's definitely going to be you. And, and But, aha, goodbye. I'll see you, I'll see you tomorrow. And Bilbo's like, all right, fuck off. And I'm going to go <laughs> do the jumble in my hole here. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so then the next day. Well, Gandalf does something before you walk Gandalf away. Puts, a, puts a, like a little scrape or a little mark on the outside of Bilbo's door. That's how... All the dwar- all the what thirteen dwarves know where to go because Bilbo doesn't know all these dwarves are going to show up because he's such a polite English gentleman. When one shows up, he says, "Oh, come on!" And then they act like I'm supposed to be here. This is the party, right? Bilbo has to host. Give them. me all uh, the food you have. Okay, sure. Let me hear some beer. Here's some. Here's some food. And then more, more dwarves, and more dwarves, and more dwarves. And suddenly, you know, you know the story. All these dwarves show up and they tell about how they've got to go recapture the, you know, uh, what what's his name is the king under the mountain, and they have Thorin. to go. Thorin. Thorin Oakenshield is the king under the mountain, and they have to go retake the mountain from the dragon named Smog, but Smog because it's Phil Smaug. Beard. Um, said, mm-hmm. said Britishly, you know. Smaug. And then they convince Bilbo, yes, you need to go. You're you're going with us. You are you're our thief. But they don't say thief. They say burglar. Burglar, exactly. They would say the more British and stupid. It's more very words. British. Yeah. You're going to be a burglar, and apparently that's a thing people know about in this world, because, you know... We people steal shit, and even in Middle-earth. But, I mean, we're going on an adventure. We definitely need somebody to steal stuff for us. Well, they're going on an adventure to steal shit. But they also need Bilbo for numerical purposes. 13's unlucky. 13's unlucky. So they need 14. a 14th. A 14th midget. 14th little They're really like 13 and a half. But, but then they it's have really Gandalf. Seven. But Gandalf's not part of the party. Gandalf is just there to... Yeah, God exactly. told you so them all the time. Yeah, he pulls their nuts out of the fire to reach things every on shelves. single time they get in trouble, at least for the first half of the book. And then at the, yeah, and then at the very end he shows up too, but he actually Bilbo <laughs> saves them. They're really, in the end, they're, they're all terrible adventurers. Well, yeah. They get bogged Thorin, down by everything. Well, Thorin's a shitty leader. He's a terrible leader. And Bilbo's not the leader, and he never aspired to be, and like... He comes, and, into, he comes into his own. He does, but like... Thor- through magic. Well, how else do you do it? You got... You know, came into your room? No, I'm, I'm dead inside. You didn't... <laughs> The voodoo priestess didn't like, do something to you when you were 12 and your puberty started. <laughs> I see Nate looking at the other beers. He's like, what yeah, the yeah, fuck are they talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and we have a lot more beers to get We through, do. So. Um, okay, so let's drink okay. this first. What is it? This is Two Roads. It's actually, oh my god, there's like it's like Inception level here, beer stuff. That will only be revealed later, much like oh. how Lord of the Rings works oh, yeah. and The Hobbit. Like, things happen and they're like, but more on that later. So, But first a song. Yeah. More <laughs> so, about that later. So, Two Roads Expressway. Espressway. Oh, God. A cold brew coffee stout. Oh, no. It, which is a... So, continuing this... It's an oatmeal stout with coffee in it. Double it's breakfast. It's like a whole breakfast. <laughs> so, we have first and second breakfast in a, in a, a cup. a whole breakfast, including alcohol. And it's the road less traveled. I'm going to want almost none of that. You're going to drink all of it, though? Pledge? I'm not a pledge. I'm not pouring it over the computer keyboard. Yeah, that seems like a terrible idea. Yes, thank you. <laughs> you know, when I was buying beers for this, I bought beers. Of this, you noticed. Thank you. Hey, of course. And then I got home and I was like, wait, I have this in the fridge too. Serendipity. We're drinking that as well. My favorite John Cusack movie. <laughs> Did you call true. him Harry John Cusack? My favorite John Cusack. Oh, man. <laughs> He's not that Harry at all. Harry John Cusack. I've never even seen him with a beard in any way. This smells like... It smells like coffee. It smells like coffee. That's fucking nice. 
It has a much milder flavor than yeah. the, the It smells 100% more like coffee than it tastes. It's actually not super flavorful at all. Oatmeal stouts don't really have a particular taste. Like, you don't taste oatmeal. Just oatmeal. <laughs> oatmeal is just like, you need this to live. Fuck off. <laughs> Eat this gruel. <laughs> this is purely for survival. This was supposed to be for a horse, but you're eating it. That's, that's the first dictionary. That was actually their first catchphrase. Oatmeal. Experience as much joy as a horse. <laughs> With a smaller penis. <laughs> that, it, Break your leg and shoot ya. <laughs> <laughs> Eat this, or you'll be glue. <laughs> so the first dictionary is Samuel Johnson, is that his name? Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. John, certainly Johnson. He has like some fucking cheeky definitions in there, and one is like oats. And it, I forget the countries, but it's like in Eng- it's like I don't know if I'm not sure if it's Scotland or Ireland, Ireland. But the definition is essentially it says in Scotland a food for people, in England a food for horses. Or it has it's like that's the definition. That's definitely Scotland. I, I mean, either one kind of works for an 18th century British academic. They don't have potatoes in it. It's true, but in the 1700s, I don't know if the Irish were quite dependent on the the noble spud just yet. That's true. Mm-hmm. They, no, by then they must have been. By then they were the potato potato fever. <laughs> potato fever. I mean, the potato was not native to Nick. To yeah, but they, they would have been to the Americas by the six seventeen hundreds. They yeah, were yeah, for sure. Yeah, they, they would have brought that. Back I'm there. sure it was introduced to Ireland, and then they would have been like, "Fuck, we're good forever, guys." Who the fuck thought to eat the first potato? Because I've grown potatoes. Peruvians. I know, I know, I know who did. I mean, like, which which Incan like jaguar skull? Someone, what are you growing some, there? Someone mean, got one. Thought, oh, this is just like a pear. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about that next week. Yeah, and that was last week. And that was last week. Yeah. Oh fuck! Shit. <laughs> I mean, which Incan decided that dirty thing, dirty poisonous thing, I pulled out of the ground? Let's eat it. Well, because like, you don't even you don't even see them. I've grown potatoes on accident in my yard. So my first attempt at composting was to take things that were my wife was like, throw that out. That we're not going to eat that potato. I was like, oh no, I'll throw it out literally, and then threw it in the yard. And tried to hit things with it, and then it let it just sit there. And that's that how, was that's how potatoes came to be, and that's how composting works, as far as I know too. And then the next spring, after throwing a bunch of potatoes in the yard, uh, we were we were weeding, and uh, like some giant you monster weed, and I like yank it out of the ground, and there's a bunch of potatoes at the end of it. <laughs> it's like they, whoa! They're like the easiest thing on earth to grow. Yeah, you just you just cut. If you take a potato, like you cut the eyes, like cut those sections out, and just throw each of those in the ground, like that will be another potato or a bunch of potatoes. It's ridiculous. But the, but, but the original potato, the, the ancestor, wild ancestor potatoes, are poisonous. Really? Yeah, they're in the nightshade family. They're poisonous. So they had to be bred to get the poison out of them before anybody could eat them. So a lot of people fucked so up before that. So who the fuck did that? That's retarded. That's, I mean, that was back in the day of, like, people died for no reason. Like, oh, spirits. Or, oh, fucking sacrifice them anyway. That's true. And the Incas certainly practiced, I'm pretty sure they practiced human sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, it was only fun they had back then. <laughs> that and the... Uh, the uh, vertical basketball hoop game. Was it the Aztecs? I don't know. Uh, the Mayans had the basketball hoop game where they sacrificed the winners. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's that's a really conflicted message. And I don't oh, know. no, it's like a great honor to be sacrificed. Oh, shit, okay. Yeah, but how much do you really want to win? It's like, uh, I feel like, yeah, like, I feel like you put that off. Them score There's you. no performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> no one's cheating to win those games. <laughs> There's also no defense. <laughs> please, please, please score. <laughs> Oh, oh, was that our goal? Oh, I did it again. <laughs> ah, shit. That's all the Incas had. That and uh, the, the Quipu, whatever the fuck that shit was called. The little rope language, also known as the font Times New Rope Man. Yeah. I think you should go. <laughs> How about comic strands? <laughs> I don't even know what the, the puns are based on. They had this like I don't rope, the joke. They had this rope language. Like they they take a string and then they, they tie a... other knots and strings to it. And that would rec- it's like a mnemonic device. It wasn't like purely language. It seems like a long time to say. It was also for keeping records, like keeping count of number of things. It was almost like a rope. It was like abacus. really old timey accountant. Think of it as a rope abacus, a little bit more, because you couldn't really send. I don't think you could really send words. You like send someone a coil of rope, like unfurl this. See what I said to you. <laughs> unfurl this, baby. <laughs> <laughs> String dings. There you go. <laughs> just like, unfurl. I was like, oh, it is this long. <laughs> this is the length of my member. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so they go on an adventure. <laughs> a little off topic there, yeah. So anyway, they go on an adventure. They have to retrieve the treasures from the mountain. And a lot of things, stupid things happen. Well, the treasure before. is like an ancestral treasure. It is. It's the treasure of the whole dwarven people. Of, of, of Thorin is the grandson of the former king of the mountain. King under the mountain. Right. They're dwarves. They can't sure. on top of a mountain. They can't go upstairs. <laughs> they can't ride bumper cars. <laughs> can't go on roller coasters. <laughs> the ball pit is a hazard to them. 
<laughs> and get into the buff at McDonald's. They still buy clothing that it's not even in sizes. It just is like age twenty four months. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this ancestral treasure of Thorin Oakenshield's family, to which he is the heir. But there's a problem. So there's this asshole dragon that has the treasure, <laughs> just hanging out with it. <laughs> yeah. And that's the that's the real quest. They, have to, they know where the treasure is. They have to go get it. But it's not easy. It takes and, a long time because they have tiny legs. Right, yeah, and there's like no interstate highway system yet, <laughs> so they have to travel through Mirkwood and all this other crap. And they need a burglar, and that's where Bilbo comes in. Bilbo. Bilbo, come, Bilbo comes in. Bilbo comes in. Bilbo. <laughs> and then there's like a lot of There's a lot of walking. Adventure and they get, on, they get through a lot of mishaps. Yeah, that's a good way and to describe it. Somehow they always end up okay. Well, because half the time it's... Gandalf saves their Gandalf. Does, I mean, having or or, or or just pure luck. Gandalf saves them. Luck and luck. or magic, which is basically the book version of luck. <laughs> the book version of luck. He's magic. He can do luck, whatever he wants. Book. Like magic. Oh, they got away. Well, that's a problem with magic. Uh, who was it? George R. R. Martin identified yeah. that right. That in, in fantasy, the magic is a, a shitty crotch device. Because like you, you know, how do you know this? <clears throat> Something like he says, you know, fantasy is about magic. And so there's the first magic, and then the second book is he, they have to invent a second magic to counteract the first magic, and then the third book will be a third new magic to counteract the first and or second new magic, and that's just what that happens. That's, that's the plot of every fantasy. Yeah, and just spirals out of control, and then it's just like silly. My, I, don't, I don't ever watch Simpsons, but one I remember uh, is, is like one of those ones where they're in the future, and Lisa's like a grown-up person, and Marge takes a picture on a Polaroid, and the, the Polaroid shoots out and turns into a cake with that picture on it. And she just says, things have been so much easier since scientists invented magic. <laughs> it's like, you can do whatever you want. I'm like, oh, because magic. Like, there you go. That's, well, that's kind of how it works. Like, it's never clear in this book how being a wizard works. It's never clear in any of them. Well, no, Harry Potter he actually did, I think, well, has I mean, a decent well, job I mean, I mean, in, in this series. Like, in Lord of the Rings, Gandalf does magic. Well, it's the same, it's all the same shit. Right? But he, does, like, he spends a lot of time fighting with a sword. And a stick. Like, dude, you can do magic. Just wipe everyone out. Just right. wipe them all out. He saves it for like when he really wants to. He's like a tantric wizard. He's kind of <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait for like hundreds of people my, to die and then cast everyone no, away with a tidal wave. My magic release. <laughs> <laughs> Need to build to it. Yeah, so he has to save the magic. It's, just, it's a small wave unless I wait. <laughs> I'm going to magic all over your tits. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, magic is stupid. Which brings us to our next beverage, which is not related to anything. It's kind of the one-off. This is actually our a second for us on the show. Mm. This is our second mead. This oh is from Grunfell Meadery, which I believe is in Vermont because that's where I purchased this. Yeah, it's from Colchester, Vermont. It is called Old Wayfarer, and it has a picture of a wizard guy smoking a pipe on it. That has to be Gandalf. That's fucking Gandalf, right? He does love pipes. It is an oaked amber mead. Oaked as a verb? Like it's been aged on oak. It's a mead? That's a lot of mead. I mean, like the meads that I've had, you have it like a like a thing of wine. Like they're quite small. Is this, is this straight up mead? So this is it's six point eight percent alcohol. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a session okay. mead. Like the, the mead I had was like meat. it was like eighteen or twenty percent. So it was like a, that's what we had for uh, American. You just drink a little had, bit of we it. We had like a nineteen percent alcohol mead. Yeah, which was so this is more like strong. beer mead. Yeah, I mean, whatever that. Six point eight percent is actually on the higher end for a beer Ooh. in many mm-hmm. ways, right? Yeah, sorry, it's not imperial, but it's close too. So it's oaked, meaning it was aged with oak. Now, if it were aged in a barrel, I'm sure they would say barrel aged because that sounds fancier. So when they say oak, it's not a barrel. It's they just, they just put inside an oak, actual there's tree. There's like oak it. chips or oak cubes oh, they don't or like oak spirals. Car- carve the heart out of a tree and just pour it on the tree. That'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> it would. That'd be badass and very Tolkien-like. But I don't think it's what happened. They probably it's not practical. It's brewed in like a stainless steel it's container with a bunch of oak shit thrown in it. It's interesting. It's crisp, dry. Yeah. It's kind of like an apple juice almost. I mean, I get like a, if it were a little more effervescent, this could taste like some sort of champagne-y kind of drink. Yeah. Or a sparkling yeah. cider, yeah, yeah. perhaps. Like a champagne yeah. kind of thing. Like a sparkling cider. Like a very, mm-hmm. very robust champagne. A yeah. girthy champagne. It's girthy, yeah. Thick. Thick. This is, a, this is the thickest champagne I've ever had. But it's also not very strong. Champagne's like 14% alcohol. This, yeah. is, this is under 7. So maybe we're just stupid. I'm not good with comparisons. It's hard to compare. That's why we have to just drink all the beers. That's science. That's the only way to be sure. We do that for you, listener. Not for our livers. No. So, Peeing blood, so you don't have to. Drunk High School Club established 2017. So the um, old Wayfarer is Gandalf, who is 
the the only adult in the book. He's the one who, the one who gets shit done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just shows up and he and he just appears and he's like, oh, good thing I had other business to attend to, and then I showed up. And... He does attend to a lot of other business, but whenever he feels like it, he's kind of a dick about it. Well, he's like, he's like a thousand years old at this point. Who knows? It's true. It's well, impossible. to Everybody's tell. really old though. Like yeah. Thorin's a hundred, couple hundred years old. Yeah, and Bilbo is even though well, he's young. He's only in his forties. Is he only in his forties? He's something like something like that. He's, he's is Lord young. of the Rings like like a hundred years later. Yeah, because he's yeah he's old in that, and he's like over a hundred. And he's going to uh, retire at that point to go chill with the elves or something, right? I forget how Lord of the Rings starts. Lord of the Rings starts. He he was his birthday. Hang, well, I mean, yeah. like at the end of this one, he's going to go hang out with the elves. Well, it's after once he gets his house back together from his. Well, we'll get to that. So they're on adventures. They and they, drink, they do also drink mead in the book at one point. Mm. Well, yeah, that's what dwarves would drink. Uh, I think it's the, uh, was it dwarves or the elves? The elves. I mean, I think I they guess the dwarves drink a lot of ale. They drink. They drink wine and dwarves drink beer. But sort of the hot. They, they I remember, drink in, I remember in the Lord of the Rings. I don't know if it was in the book, but in the movie, they're at a tavern and they're like, like they'll come have in a, pints? Like, they'll come in pints, like because they're they're half sized people or halflings. So like the idea of a beer and a pint is like it's like drinking a uh, like a, you know, like a bottle of liquor for us. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they have a bunch of weird adventures. There's a really important adventure, which sets up the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy, because Bilbo, when he's down in a cave, because he escaped some goblins, he happens to come across this really weird, crazy In this one, they're all goblins, but in Lord of the Rings, they're all orcs. Like, he hadn't invented the word orc yet, and retroactively, he decided that they're not goblins, they're orcs. It's like a subgenre of orc. And the orcs in Lord of the Rings are like, stronger, badasser orcs. I read it. I read it because I wasn't right, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't sure what the fuck they were talking about all this goblin stuff. But it was like he had he just made that word up later, and it became like retroactively like the word that became orc. So Bilbo. Well, they also fucking eradicate the goblins. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, in this one they're like comically dumb. Where they're just tripping over each other. They're like, like oh no, we fell over, and now the dwarves got away. <laughs> they are pretty dopey. So as I was saying, <laughs> Bilbo's like under in a cave, like like trying to get through the mountain under through the caves because you know you can do that. And he, you know, he's lost because it's completely dark. And this is the goblin. This is the goblin scene. We should set it's up. The goblin right? scene, yeah. So anyway, and he runs into this really weird dude who like talks to himself, who calls himself my precious Bef- all the time. Well, he finds something before he meets him. He well, he, oh, he finds it first. So he finds yeah, a hidden what hidden because yeah, he, he's right? well because he's crawling around on the floor because <laughs> it's really dark and he's yeah. trying to find his way and he feels with his hands and he feels a ring. He's like, oh, score, and he puts that in his pocket. Mm-hmm. And then he meets the, the strange guy. He crawls a little bit farther and meets the weird strange guy named Gollum. If you know anything about Lord of the Rings, you already know this already. But anyway, they, they like tell riddles to each other, and then the final, whoever wins the riddle is supposed to not die. Yeah, whoever whoever <laughs> loses the contest, it was like, if you can't guess my riddle, then I'm gonna eat then, you or some shit. Uh, then yeah. I win. I you eat have to you, or you have to. Yeah, or Gollum's gonna eat because Gollum, you know, he eats mostly fish and the odd goblin he can attack. Yeah, but he's like, oh, this other thing that I don't recognize—that's probably mm-hmm. delicious. And he wants to eat Bilbo, and Bilbo wants. Does to Does he say he doesn't recognize him? Like Which is just, funny because it turns re- out like, retrocon. Uh, he I does guess. not. I think he, maybe he's, he's just so far gone he doesn't know. I think it's what it is. Yeah, spoiler: Gollum was the. This is not a spoiler. Artist formerly known as a Hobbit. He was a Hobbit. Centuries before he found the one true ring or whatever, the one ring of power, whatever it's called. The one true ring, it sounds very good. It's the ring of power, yeah. The ring of power. <laughs> it's a little, little, little like the one true faith. Um, so the one ring of power. Print album? Uh, so anyway, uh, he sees, I, I'm pretty, I just fucking read this like yesterday. I think he sees uh, Bilbo and he doesn't recognize him as a hobbit. He, just, he certainly doesn't go, oh, look, a hobbit. Does like, it, does it bring thing. that up? No, he's like, oh, what is this thing? It's not a goblin. He's That's what he of, says. He's kind of having his own thing going on. He lives by himself and he's tripping balls. He's he's he never sh- he doesn't speak to anyone anymore. He just is he's a psycho. Like he's, he's just shrooming hard. He is shrooming hard. No, anyway, so <laughs> Bilbo wins the contest by asking what's in my pocket. Well, they have and fun. They have clever riddles and, and suspenseful. Like, yeah. what well, eats away iron? And you, if you eat it, you die. And and Bilbo's like, I can't think. I need more time. But he's so nervous. He just goes, Time, time. And he's like, Oh, the answer is time. God damn you. Yeah. Like, yeah. They are actual riddles for a while. And they're hard. You know, actually, I have a book that's just about the riddles in The Hobbit that's that the most, I've never that's read. The most British thing I've ever heard. And I've not read it. I mean, I got it. I was like, Oh, this looks interesting. No one has not going to read that. That guy. That guy who wrote it didn't read that book. You know, and all, all we know about the ring during the hub, book of the Hobbit is that the ring you put it on makes you invisible. Boom! You don't find out any of the other like you crazy don't figure stuff. Figure out it's like up. part of the you know, it will make you the most powerful being on earth. Yeah, you know that or doesn't even earth. appear in the book at all. That's all the future Lord of the Rings trilogy. So, 
Anyway, they get out, they make it to they make it to the mountain with all the dwarves, and then they fight the dragon, then they kill the dragon. Well, someone else kills someone, the dragon. By the, one of the humans. They just piss off the dragon. They just so piss off leaves. the dragon, and then they shoot him like first shot. The, one, one the shot, human, one the Whoa, human, a bird tells them. A thrush is like, hey, I heard these dwarves talking about how you have to shoot the dragon right here. He tells it to the guy, the human, and yeah. he's like, oh, okay, cool. Bird. Yeah, and he's like, luckily he grew up in the forest, so he understood the birds. That was like a real thing. Hmm. He was like, all right, cool. That was, that was a it's, a little, it's a little deus ex machina, sort of. Yeah, and like the, the whole, like, they take the dragon down and like, like he burns down the city, but they come down in a matter of four pages. Yeah, it's kind of it's hard to identify what is the climax in the book, because you, the whole thing for the first 75% of the book is leading up to them getting the treasure and figuring out how do we get it away from Smaug. And Smaug is, a, is an asshole, and he's... They, the dwarves are pussies, so they send Bilbo in, and Bilbo has his invisibility ring. And Do your thing. And they're like, go go figure something out. And he gets in there, and of They course, don't even know he has an invisibility ring. They, they, find just, out they, they, they think he's really good at sneaking. They find out eventually that he he's has the ring. I don't he think tells they do. I think they, Gandalf figures it out. No, they, he tells them. Oh, does he? He has mm-hmm. to at some point. He tells them. He tells them eventually, yeah. And I'm not sure if exactly what the timing of it is, but I'm pretty sure it's before he goes into the cave with the, the dragon, into the, the lair. Mm-hmm. And he goes in, and the dragon can't see him, but the dragon can smell him. And the dragon is, you know, very I've never, clever. I've never smelled this kind of thing before. Yeah. Like, what are you? And, and of course, but he could also smell other things. Like, oh, I smell dwarves, and I smell ponies, and I, he's asking Bilbo questions, and he's very shrewd in the questions, and he's getting Bilbo to admit information about how many there are and stuff like that. And then Bilbo steals uh, a cup, a chalice or something like that, and brings it back to show Thorin, like, look what I found. And they're all like, oh, yeah, treasure. And then Smog, who is you know a shrewd accountant for all the stuff he has, he knows everything that he's sleeping on. Yeah, he then for hundreds of years is pissed off, and he f- goes and he's like, "All right, well, I'm gonna wipe out a village nearby." Well, because well, <laughs> when he comes out and like he try, he figures out they came in through this other passage that was like that was in the beginning. That was the whole thing that they were like, "This is why we're ready to go on this trip now." We've looked at the map and realized there's this extra little passage that goes in through the mountain. The, the thing with like the sunlight, the moon, the moon, the, the uh, exact, like the, exact thing where you put the key in the rock. Yes. But anyway, they so Smog comes out, he's going to burn down the village, Lake Town. Lake Town and gets killed really easily. Yeah. It's that was for a dragon that terrorized everyone for hundreds of years, they killed him immediately. Yeah. That was like way too easy. <laughs> anyway, it so was. so the uh dwarves, you know, so all the dwarves they're like, Yay, this is amazing. This is but anyway, they don't realize that once everyone once everyone in the country, everyone in, you know, the, the, the immediate area finds out that Smog is dead, everyone comes to take the treasure. So the Lake Town people like, are kind of like, hey, he just knocked out our city. We need yeah. money to rebuild. And dwarves are like, fuck you. So, yeah, exactly. The dwarves are like, it's ours. It's mine. Even, I own it. Even though mixed in with the dwarf treasure is like treasure of other people in the area that Smog Smog had been out. accumulating. Yeah. But he doesn't have any pockets, though. I don't understand how he carried everything there. It's very weird. I don't understand. Yeah, right. his like, dragon claws. Did like, like 20 trips just like carrying things. <laughs> did he trick people? Carry the treasure and I swear I won't eat you. <laughs> Cool. Well, hey, let's. So, yeah. Let's drink another beer. So, here's something interesting. So, we have three more beers to drink that are related in oh, to the book, of course, because they have to do with breakfast. But they are related to each other. So, what would be cool if we could if we could do two at a time to try them next to each other. And there's a very cool. real reason for that. I haven't double fisted in years. Oh, good thing you have listened to our episode about Fifty Shades of Grey, and you know all about double fisting. I learned a lot. So. The no. first beer is one you brought, Nate. It is beer, beer Geek Breakfast by McKellar, which is kind of one of their famous. Is that the weird weather guy? Yes, exactly. Yeah. One of one of the more famous beers, and they make a lot of variations on Beer Geek Breakfast, mm-hmm. like Beer Geek Vanilla Breakfast, Beer Geek Bourbon Breakfast, Beer Geek Raspberry Waffle Breakfast, like all sorts of. Big this weird... is the <laughs> central one they variate. This is yeah. And the other ones tend to be a little stronger. This is 7.5% alcohol. The other ones are like 10%, 11%. They get more intense. I've had a few. Is he? I've had this one too. It's really nice. Cat. Okay. But the other beer we're going to try next to it is from Evil Twin Brewing, which is that fucking guy's twin brother. Oh, Evil Twin is this dude? Yeah, it's his twin brother. <laughs> it's actual twin brother. So, another tiny cup. so the other beer we're going to have is the fucking twin brother of the McKellar guy. Now his name is, I don't know what his fucking name is, but like Mikkel... Something or other. Mikkel McKellar? Uh, no, I don't think Mikkel. it's Mikkel. I forget. No, whatever it is. But this guy's it's name Jan. is... Like, like Mitch Mitchell. <laughs> Mitch Mitchell. This, who the fuck is Mitch Mitchell? No he's one. The, <clears throat> yeah, he, is one of, he played with Jimi Hendrix. Oh, all right. I'm looking up this fucking guy's name because it's like Yeppe or something like that. Is the evil twin brewing guy's name. They're twin brothers. 
and they have their own breweries, which okay. is kind of cool. have their own. Yeah, and they both are very similar that they're... I, I, I dig that. They're like gypsy brewers. You know, like we come up with cool recipes, we brew them at home or whatever. We, we them out. We, and we get someone to make it and we, put our, we have our label on it. And this is also sort of Evil Twins' big beer that they make a ton of variations on. This is called Imperial Biscotti Break. So this is what I brought. So Beer Geek Breakfast is 7.5% alcohol. It's just a stout brewed with coffee. This is brewed in San Diego where Mickler now has its own brewery. Whereas Imperial Biscotti Break is 11.5% alcohol, I think. And it is brewed, yeah, 11.5. And it is brewed with coffee, almond, and vanilla for the biscotti thing. So let's try these two. Which one are we trying first? You know, let's try them both. And then, and, well, let's, uh, let's try the Beer Geek Breakfast. Okay. Is that the first one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dark, I don't like that. Dark mm-hmm. roasty. You don't like that? No, I don't drink coffee, so. It's very roasty. This is 100% coffee, the beer. <laughs> is that like Portugal, the man? Yeah. Period. Yeah, it's very, very this coffee. This is very coffee. But it's not bitter, like, dark, you know, roasted like, coffee. Yeah, it doesn't, taste like, it doesn't taste like burnt coffee. It tastes yeah. like what my idea of coffee is for someone who doesn't drink coffee. As a retired coffee drinker, this is pretty good. As an active coffee drinker, it's also very good. <laughs> All right, and the second one is also with coffee, but it has almond and vanilla. Mm, yeah, I can smell that. It has a very different smell. It's... Mm-hmm. And different mouthfeel, different body to it. Oh yeah, something sweet. Or like sweet. I, I like it a little yeah. more, but it, it's it's very it is similar. Like you can't taste the, you know, three percent alcohol difference or four. four numbers are hard. I think there's a difference in texture, for sure. I think the I think the Imperial Biscotti break is really smooth and yeah, is oily the right word? I don't know. Like it's very silky is the word that comes to mind. I know I've said that already. But it's delicious. Yeah, the other and the, I prefer the this. the first one, whichever one that is. Beer geek breakfast feels. I don't know if bub- more bubbly is the right word, but it does feel like it's got more bubbles. It definitely, I mean, just look at the head on it. You know, like, it's very fine, the Imperial Biscotti one. The other one is, maybe it's just how I poured it, but... I mean, like mine, these two don't really have a head. And, or this one's got a little bit, but they look, they look different. Like, this one seems, this one seems, looks like more like a, more like a flat Coke. Flat Coke? Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> like that brown color. You can see that. I mean, they all, they, they're, the color of the beer itself, if you ignore the Space foam, is, dark as shit. is the same to me. They're fucking just dark. I mean, they're, they're not quite black. They're brown with, like, if you look at the edge of the glass, you can see a little bit I of I mean, color. is there a beer that is darker than this? These are, these are oh. about as dark as I've ever seen. McKellar has a beer called Black, which is, like, fucking tar-colored. Jesus. I have a can of that. We'll save that for... We've got to find a book that goes with that. So which one of these, which which twin do you think made the better beer? Uh, I like the Imperial Biscotti more. I like the Evil Twin. Is that the Imperial yes, Biscotti? Yes, Evil Twin. Yeah. I think I prefer that too. It just that's just because I hate coffee. But this has coffee in it. Yeah, but the other one has more coffee. Like I wouldn't really, I'm not really into either one, <clears throat> but between the two, the less coffee one is better. So maybe it just it's balanced out a little more. I mean, if if I liked coffee, it'd be a very different vibe for me. But since I do not, this is neither of these is going to be my steez. So you never do you never drink coffee? I have drank coffee. I mean, like, oh, Jesus, this sucks. No, because it tastes like shit. But how else do you wake up in the morning? <laughs> yeah. Power through it and wish for death all day. <laughs> I'd rather be sad all day than drink coffee. It tastes like ass. Ass tastes worse. <laughs> ass doesn't taste, like, finely roasted. <laughs> it depends on what you're into. Fair. Fair point. Ham. That's a finely roasted ass. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us back to the hobbit. <laughs> so, the end of the, like, the end of the plot... There, there's fucking midget diplomacy. Like that's yeah. that's the last fifth of the book. It's really not even diplomacy. It's just like, come fuck with me. Well, everybody's threatening each other. There's a bunch of little person dick showing to see who's going to get the treasure. And Bilbo, of course, saves the day because he has stolen the Arkenstone. Living up to his title as the burglar, he burgled he, the he, shit out he of it. He burgled the the Arkenstone. 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 Which is like this thousand faceted diamond. It's like looking into the sun, but diamond form. It and means you're the king of the dwarves. Right. Basically. And he steals it, and, and Thorne is going bananas looking for it, but Bilbo hides it, and... In his pocket. <laughs> well, then he hides it in his, like, pe- his pillow. Mm-hmm. He has, like, a... Because they give him a new, like, mithril coat to wear, because they're going through all the treasure. Oh, uh, yeah. He has that fancy suit of armor. And he's not wearing his old raggy, you know... And his hobo hood and cloak. So that's sitting there, and he's he hitting spends it. spends a lot of time at the beginning talking about how I forgot his hat. I don't have my hat. <laughs> I can't go on an adventure without well, my hat. It also spends a lot of time just talking about which color fucking hoods people wear. 
Yeah, there's a lot of weird details. It's like, it's like describing, you know, what you need to do to come to a clan meeting. Like, what kind of hood do you have there's to wear? There's no discussion there. That's pretty straightforward. Well, if you're the grand, if you're the grand dragon, haha, you get to wear red. But if you don't, no one will know because you know you can't see anyone. You just pretend. <laughs> Did you ever see uh, Django Unchained? Yes. With the uh, there's a scene with like clansmen kind of guys wearing masks and they're like potato sacks with eyes cut out and they're like charging into Ride of the Valkyries. And then like and the music stops and the guy's like, I can't see fucking shit. <laughs> 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 and then they're all like shitting on the masks and then they're like well my wife made these all day and, and shit on you <laughs> I'm gonna hear you talk about them I forgot about that part yeah it's the fucking best part of that movie <laughs> I can't see fucking shit so the last fifth of the book is Bilbo trying to figure out how to avoid a bloody Full conflict a war between these three peoples well, because there's like the dwarves, the the, thir- the baker's dozen of dwarves hanging out in the castle. Hanging there's out. the Lake Town people who have the humans of a, a beef because their town their town only Just got fucked burned up. Burned down right now, but only yeah. because the dwarves they only because off of the dragon. actions. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then like the wood elves just come out of the woodwork. They and they they, smell and they, have, they they believe that their stuff is in the pile of treasure too. But also, elves kind of are dicks throughout this whole series. They're huge. Well, because they're kind they're, of arrogant. They're, yeah, they're, they're the British people. Of Lord of the Rings. This was ours. The English, Let's have it. The English people. English people, yeah. not the other non-English British people. Right, because there's no group that just fucks sheep. That's the Welsh, of course. Yeah. But they're not uh, represented in the book. I mean, that's a fact. That's a science. That is 100% science. So, Bilbo's trying to figure it out. And then, of course, as he's trying to think of something, and, and the Lake Town guy, was a bard, is, is kind of emissary, and Thorne's being a prick. It he's was being revealed. a real dick to people. He, he, well, now he's, you know, he's got his treasure. He's like, fuck, fuck all y'all, I got... And he calls for the other dwarves to come save them from all the other ethnics. <laughs> <laughs> and the dwarves are coming. Does he call them, though? Or the dwarves, like, how do the dwarves know to come? Like, it's not like they have they a send, fucking telephone. They send in a message. They're not going to be like, someone has treasure. I mean, like, I forget exactly what happens. But like, someone sends out a message saying, like, dwarves, come, for aid. come home because we are back. And yeah. there's 500 dwarves coming. So those are three of your five armies, the Battle of Five Armies. The other two armies are the both orc armies. Or well, goblins the goblins and the wargs. Well, the wargs are those wolves they ride. Yeah, but why are there two armies? I think it's two different orc so armies. I was very confused about that as well. I think there were two different orc armies that just show up. Or are they counting the, the dwarves from out of town and the dwarves from Thorn as two different armies? It could armies? be. I don't know. It never really says. Though, I think the Battle of the Five Armies, is that part of the book? Or is that yeah, the title? Yeah. It's pretty brief in the book. It's, it's a, yeah, two mean, hours of film or I don't exactly know who the fifth army is. I thought it was two, dwarf, uh, two orc armies, but maybe it's, I mean, can you consider the 13 dwarves and... Army, I, thought it, was the, the I thought it was the wolves. But the, the, the wolves aren't independent of the goblin orcs. Yes, they were. They meant that was one of the many mishaps along the way was when they just had a problem with the wolves. Remember the wolves chased them up into the trees? Yeah, so the orcs sent them. The, or, the, the wolves aren't really like sent, a sentient army. Were they sent by them? The wolves can speak and the wolves are like... Were they? I thought the wolves were their own thing. Either way, there's Who a the whole fuck bunch knows? of... There are technically five armies. Somehow you count it's, that it's as a ca- five. It's called the five armies. But even though you could probably count it's, it as many as seven if you wanted to, there are five armies. you got to measure from the base of the balls. Yeah, you don't, you don't start at the asshole. That's not... I mean, it gives you a higher number, but it's not true. And she's going to know you're lying. So the five armies battle is really brief, too. Because, because it's kind of Frodo's respect, uh, Bilbo's perspective, and he gets knocked out. Yep. Because he's hiding like a little bitch with his invisibility ring. Well, I mean, to be fair, this is he's been away from home for the first time for just a few months, and he's never been in a full-scale war before. And he did pretty good. He did pretty good. Yeah. And he didn't shit his pants that we know of. Well, well I mean, everyone does that. That's, that's fine. I mean, I'm a pussy. I'm sure I shit my pants. But he survives the battle. He gets knocked out. But before we get to the closure of the book, we have more beer. No. And it has to do with these other ones. So here, take a glass. This is a beer that, a first for the podcast, I think. Beer that's been poured on tap here at the uh, at Roseanne Bar, which is a... Uh, the name of my basement. And it has, it is Evil Twin Mexican Imperial Biscotti Cake Break. That's too many words. So it's Imperial Biscotti Break, but with other shit added to it. So it's this this other one, plus stuff. Yes. Plus uh, chilies and cinnamon and something else I can't remember. It's like a mole. Well, it's it's like a Mexican hot chocolate inspired thing, which no guy learned about that a while ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Different beer. Hmm. It, it's interesting. Actually, I mean, it's much more complex than the Imperial Biscotti Break. It's not something I want to have a lot of, but it's I actually it. it's pretty nice. I do like this. You know? It's delicious, it's right? I, so it's, still, I, it's still quite heavy. I bought this by accident. Uh, I was ordered, you bought a keg by accident? Well, I bought a keg on purpose. They gave oh. me the wrong one on accident. Oh, right. So I bought, I had ordered the regular Imperial Biscotti Break because I had bought a four pack of it. 
I was like, this is delicious. And I fucking loved it. And then I called my, my distributor and asked what evil twin they can get. And they're like, oh, well, they just got in the Imperial Biscotti break. And I was like, perfect. Get me a keg of that. And then they kind of they kind of like fucked it up. They like accidentally sold the keg to another person because, you know, they're drunk. They work at a beer store. And they just I get it. send you anything close and it's fine. Well, like, I mean, I go, they, they ordered, they, I called up and they're like, oh, we sold that. But I was like, can you, can you get another one? I still want to get drunk, you know? And they ordered it, and they said, oh, it's here. And then I went in, and they are like, here's your evil twin. And I glanced, and then, you know, the way a keg is, it's like, you know, the keg has very little distinguishing, you know, markings on it, very few distinguishing markings on it, except there's, a, like, a paper ring that goes around the top where the, where the spout is or the opening is. And that has the details there printed there, very small. But it's, I saw the evil twin logo, and I was like, all right, what are the odds I got the... I didn't even consider. I was like, oh, good, I see evil twin. They told me it's evil twin. And I bought it. And I only noticed when I got to my the threshold of my house and I looked at it because I had to like lift with two hands then to get it over a step or something like that <laughs> and I saw it said Imperial Mexican Biscotti Cake and I was like what the fuck is that? That is not the same Those words that go together. That's not what I asked for. Mexican Biscotti Cake. I think break is in there too. I think it's Biscotti Cake Break. I got it in and I was like I'll try it, and if I don't like it, then I'll just bring it back and complain. Like I just got it home, and I realized it's the wrong thing, and I drank a beer for free. <laughs> but I poured it out, and you know, poured a glass out, and it's like, holy shit, this is. I think I like this better than the the basic nice. one. I think it is. It is better. It's it's just more interesting. Yes, it's definitely more interesting. I don't. I mean, not, I've had a lot of. I put a good dent in that keg already, but it's just it's just more. There's more going on. Hundred percent. That kind of rewards more drinking. Not that I need to reward more drinking, you know, but I will. And when I drink that, and I go back to the beer geek breakfast. I gotta say, I mean, I gotta say, the Mexican biscotti cake is my favorite of the three yeah. of the yeah, the good. brothers purchased the, the brothers mm-hmm. products. What do you guys think? I agree. This is the best one of them. It's, but that the other two are just coffee beer. Well, one's super coffee beer, and one has coffee, but like it's more. The, like I mean, one is 100 percent coffee, but the other one is still pretty heavy coffee flavor. This one, the coffee flavor is kind of this one is it's much much more subdued, which is why I like it more, I guess. But it all depends what you're into. That's true. Good point. Not, the other two are not bad. I just don't like coffee. They're not objectively like, this is gross. It's just like, eh, it's coffee. I'm sure if you liked that thing, that'd be pretty good. So at the end of the book, the battle is the battle ends. The yeah. battle ends. All the all the good people decided to ally with each other and fight against the evil goblin orcs. Well, maybe written in 1937, this was a bit... It was, uh, you omniscient. know, a little allegorical. Impression about, uh, yeah, what was happening in Europe, perhaps. Was he a pilot? I mean, he fought in World War I. One, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because he was kind of birdie. I mean, he died a pretty old man in the early 70s. Yeah. So in 1937, 40, you know, he was, he must have been middle-aged, damn near 40, if if not older than that. Yeah. They the battle ends. They kill a shit ton of goblins and wargs, and the eagles come in and help out. Well, the eagles. And right. also the bear guy. We not Don Henley. We didn't even mention him. Yeah, not Don. <laughs> Certainly not Glenn Fry. <laughs> no, he did not show up at all. <laughs> You no, know, when I saw the Eagles last year at concert, he didn't show up either. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> he was busy fighting off uh, orcs. <laughs> Not even for dead Sparato. <laughs> he took it too easy. <laughs> peaceful, easy feeling. It's a uh, rest in peaceful, easy feeling. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's been dead almost <laughs> two plus years now. Yeah. So um, there's also the bear, the bear guy. Bjorn. Bjorn. The Scandinavian man. <laughs> yeah. Who's also a kind of an asshole. He's pretty nice to them. He takes them into his hut and like, gives them a They had to trick him. They had to trick him, though. I mean, it was like a, it was a lighthearted trick. It's true. It wasn't like uh, the whole like tricking. Th- they just kind of show up and they're like, haha, fun, and they're like, cool, you're my friends now. Have a feast. It was very like the whole book was surprisingly lighthearted, considering how much violence occurs in it. Yeah, there's a lot of carnage for just midges eating breakfast every other page. Yeah, midges eating breakfast, songs. and there's some like they meet some goblins or some bad guys, and everyone's dead, and they move on, and everyone's dead again, and they move on, and everyone's dead again. But, Occasionally, like, they're just turned to stone. Well, they, that's effectively dead for trolls. It's true. But there's like little troll statues now. Yeah, the bumbling trolls. It it it, it is kind of it's it, the tone is very different than Lord of the Rings. It is a hun- like Lord of the Rings. Like I respect it for what it was. Like it's very it's it changed the history of literature entirely. So but it is so fucking boring. It's literary amb- ambient. It's, <laughs> it's just, just like out. holy shit. This is this is the dense. This is like biblically dense and not as cool. Not that I take that back. It's way more cool, but. But it is, it, it, it's, it's, it's hard to, like, uh, really plow through. That's the only way I was able to get through it was to plow through. I mean, The Hobbit is way more straightforward. The, the Hobbit was I guess fun. I guess The Lord of the Rings has a lot more, like, weird subplots. Well, because The Lord of the Rings is way more like characters. history and the, yes. the character development is much bigger. Like, in Lord of the Rings, like, the dwarves, with the exception of Thorin and the fat guy, Bumber or whatever, none of them have identities. 
You know, just, the Hobbit is just like it's just like a bunch of like they are dwarves and they are they like to drink and have fun and party. Yeah, and fight. The dwarves the are end. not. They're not. Was Bumber like the cook or something? Like one of them was. Guy. He was known as the cook. And all he do is just make fun of him for being fat all the time. Like you'll have to come in last, Bomber, because you count as two. <laughs> He's like, but I have a gland problem. And like, that doesn't matter, Bomber. <laughs> <I make> bones. <laughs> I'm half Samoan. Like, it doesn't matter. They're just like, fuck you, Bomber. You're a fat shit. Like, they're just mean to him. The, the other one's, like, Philly, Killy, and Groin, and whatever the other one's name is. Groin. Groin, yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Their names are stupid, and they don't even They matter. all have rhyming names. They're, yeah. all, they're like, na- they're like rhyming in couplets, or, like, yeah. there's an occasional threesome. <laughs> Ooh, exciting. A dwarf threesome. Well, there are 13. Usually they are for a dwarf threesome. Well, you don't, you, know, you don't need one. You have Bomber, who's on his own, and you have... Um, Thorin on his own. That needs ten. You could have five pairs. No, there's thirteen. So there's a triplet in there. There must be. Okay. There is a triplet in there. I forget what it is. Oin, Gloin, and Floin. Philly and or something. There's Philly and Killy. Philly and Killy are a pair because Philly and Killy both die at the end. I thought Thorin's the only one I knew died at the end. No, no. Philly and Killy died defending Thorin. Oh, okay. Like Thorin has a long dramatic speech, but afterward it's like Philly and Killy died defending him. They like write them off at the end. Yeah. Also in the movie they have a much bigger part because he wants to bang. The girl from Lost who is an elf. I don't know her name. Yeah, that was totally added to the... 100% movie. added entirely. But, like, Philly and Killy both do die in the book. But I just, like, as, like, a one-line, like, cool, then they're dead. Like, oh, shit, all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, Thorin dies dramatically. And, he and he's like, oh, I'm he... sorry, I was such a fucking dick to everyone, and I caused this war. You kind of did. It's kind of your fault, man. And like, I'm sorry, Bilbo, you could have your share finally, because one of the things, you don't get your share. Everyone, everyone's going to get a 14th. Because there are 14 of them. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And then he was like, you betrayed us, fuck you. And in the end, Bilbo was like, I don't need all the shit. I just want to have my home in the ground. <laughs> I just want to take, he, took, he took a chest of silver and a chest of gold, which is still like, said it made him the richest hobbit there ever was. And then, he, and then there was also the orc treasure he picks up on the way back. That, and he's there with Gandalf, and he's like, Gandalf, take this treasure, I don't even fucking need this shit. And Gandalf was like, oh, oh hobbit, I am wise, you'll want that treasure. Because of capital gains tax, and then he, like, <laughs> he takes that treasure back with him. <laughs> so Gandalf's also fucking capital gains tax. Is that? How, I think it's how it's something yeah, like that. Something like that. Like that basically, yeah, basically the same thing. So, all right, there are a lot of reasons why The Hobbit is a really important book. Because, I mean, for the most part, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings launched the entire fantasy genre. Of books. Certainly like the high middle, fantasy. High fantasy, middle ages, middle ages fantasy, and sort of like set the tone and set a lot of like the, the baseline for, for, you know, everything that's happened for a century. It also, created, century. it also created the standard for the world building that happens in mm-hmm. fantasy books. Like, unlike and, others, and to an extent, like, sci-fi didn't exist yet, but it was like... Well, it kind of did. But I mean, it's like, it's, it's, very it's different. the same, idea of, the same idea of, like, world building. Like, you can well, I think in, in the late 1930s, the... Sci-fi and fantasy were much more uh, in- intimately linked genres. Like people kind of wrote one elder, or the other. One became astronauts. Yeah, especially as technology and you know elf fucking yeah. progressed. But the, the 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 thing that the world building element like that is a staple of fantasy now. Like now, now you no, have to write fourteen songs per book. Oh, at, at least. And then, oh, we'll talk about the songs in a second. I just yeah. want to finish my thought here because like, <laughs> the thing is that the the fantasy novels now like, you can't just tell a story in fantasy. It's not like a detective novel. In a detective novel, there's very little backstory needed. In a romance novel, there's very little backstory. But in a fantasy novel, you need to create the whole world. You need to explain why everything is the way it is because it's not the regular world. Like your assumptions about the way people work and live and operate don't apply anymore. And that's really, I mean, Tolkien is the. Like, you need be, to you need to have the Silmarillion, but like dispersed throughout your book. Have you read the Silmarillion? No, because I'm not fucking. The most boring person in the world. I own a copy of it. I have a paperback that copy of it. Like that sounds like high school. I've never worst. Even tried to read no it. No one wants to read that. Yeah. I know people. I know people that have. And they suck. I think one of my or, girlfriend. Or you could read <laughs> the uh, the twelve volume tales of Middle Earth that came out after Tolkien died. Oh, like his kids, his son shit him out. edited. Well, it took like twenty years of editing all of the papers. Like, oh, here's an early draft of this thing that mentions this other king now. Or here's another fucking like, story. That's, that's too. Here's much. Here's a song. That's too much. Here's a bunch of shit written in Elvish. I've never read any of this. I'm just imagining that's what it says. Okay. But yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm not inaccurate. I might be missing important things, but like that's basically what it is. So like mm-hmm. if you're into if you're into Lord of the Rings, Tolkien is like the perfect writer for a fanatic collector kind of reader because there's just so much of it. But he's a really important. Now the thing that he did, I mean, he didn't invent the idea of creating a world for the reader. 
but he's probably the most successful person who did. Like, H.P. Lovecraft kind of did it earlier with his Cthulhu shit. Yeah, I mean, but that was like a, I guess, like a series of short stories you kind of were there. There's like a hand, yeah, they're short stories, they're inter- interconnected, and they create like a whole world and this whole pantheon. And the mythos. The mythos, yeah. Uh, they're, they're insufferably boring. <laughs> Holy shit, are they boring. And then there's, there's earlier people too, but Tolkien is the guy that really does it better than anybody else, and therefore is the guy that's Yeah, that's 100%. Right. I mean, I, it was, it was, it's an impressive feat, and I do think that they are great books, but it's just reading Lord of the Rings, it's so, it's so boring. I think so, it's so dense. They could, each book could lose like a third, that would be fine. Like the average American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, which beer do you think, uh, what do you think won today? We haven't talked about the songs yet. I want to do the songs first. Start with the songs. Which right. songs won? <laughs> so, something I noticed like, while reading terrible. the book is that there are so many songs. He just writes songs all the time. And in fact, in the last chapter, the last chapter itself has three songs. And the last chapter is about eight pages. Yeah. It's, it, it's 3% of the book is the last chapter. No, it's just, it's just Bilbo, like, traveling back home. It's like nothing important has happened. It's, it's happening. He's just going back home. There's so many songs. And listeners, be honest with yourselves. When you are reading a book and you come to, like, a long poem or a song, do you really read it? No. No one does. They skip it. I pride myself on reading every word in the books I read. Like, so I don't, I don't skim. I don't, I, if, I, if I like stop in the middle of the book, I won't say I read it. Unlike some people, I don't listen to audiobooks and pretend that I read it. But even in The Hobbit, as I reread it for this podcast, I was like, man, these songs blow. And I just kind of skimmed through them and just looked if they rhymed. That's all I was looking at. It's like, oh yeah, perish, cherish. Yeah, that rhymes. Okay, great. And, and there were even points in the book where the narrator, who is, I guess, Bilbo, more or less, like mm-hmm. it's Bilbo telling his, his story, says, and then they sang a song, but it was kind of like the song we just heard, so I'm not, we're not going to recount it. Like, there could have been more songs. There probably were more songs that the editor cut. You can find those in those 12 volumes of fucking Tolkien <laughs> masturbation materials that yeah. came out. So the songs were fucking boring as fuck. They always are. And, but yet somehow, lots of other fantasy writers do it too. I think he create. I think Tolkien really created this like image of the jaunty elves and their like s- playful sprites in the woods. Well, the elves are kind of uptight in Tolkien. In Lord of the Rings, yes, but in the Hobbit, the elves well, like, are much the, more playful. The, the wood elves, I guess, are different. Right. They do. They, the they do kind of specifies. <laughs> they kind of specify like the wood elves. Yeah, they're into wood. Yeah, because because they're gay theater types, they're as like... opposed to the vagina elves, who are much more serious and they're like stock market. Like <laughs> they're not fun at all. The wood elves are really. They're like hippies. They are. They're just hanging out like, hey man, come into my hut, in my little tree house. The, and then they have like... The rope ladder's always down. They like uh, <laughs> go on an adventure, and they what? They, they escape through all the barrels of booze. They just send them over like, let's get fucked up on booze, everyone, and let's get all these dwarves out of our jails without ever checking them. Well, yeah, that's right. The, the, the butler guy was like, oh, a new barrel of wine. You better do some quality control and drink some wine for the, for the <laughs> king. And then he gets... He passes out <laughs> drunk. And then his buddy... Like, other people come like, whoa, that guy's passed out drunk. This must be good wine. Let's drink this. The wood elves are different from the high elves. <laughs> the high elves smoke a lot of weed. All right. <laughs> what if, like, fantasy is like, we're all elves, but, like, other people aren't elves, man? <laughs> what if, like, to some people, we're basically like hobbits? But they're even bigger than us. They're even taller? So is a hobbit, a hobbit like a quarterling now? That's deep philodrial. Philodrial. <laughs> 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 Do you think orcs eat pork? What yes. the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> talking about high, what, what high elves sound like. <laughs> when elves get high. <laughs> high elf thoughts. <laughs> Do you think Gandalf the Grey just really needs to use bleach? <laughs> His clothes are old, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Alright, so I have nothing else to say about the book. I mean, it's fun. It's a fun book. I've enjoyed it. Fucking fifty times more than Lord of the Rings. It's way more fun than Lord of the Rings. Like I read this, I read this twice now, and I enjoyed it both times. I am dreading the day we do Lord of the Rings because I have no interest in rereading that. Do them all at once? It's terrible. Oh no! I mean, even, even if we do it spread out, like just to have to reread those books holds no interest for me. It just doesn't. I, I know some people like Lord of the Rings is a, this religious experience where they go back to it over and over again. Yeah, 100%. I have no interest in Lord of the Rings. But the Hobbit was fun, and rereading it now as a better reader than I was the first time I read it, I, I, I enjoyed it. I think I think it suffers from the same thing that Lord of the Rings suffers from that. It doesn't fucking end when things mm-hmm. should end. The book ends. The book should have ended about eighty three percent through it. It didn't. It, when the, when the, the dragon like, goes back and has to have the estate claim with his relatives. 
Oh, that was even more ridiculous. <laughs> and it was kind of funny. It's those dirty Sackville baggages <laughs> taking all my stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah so when, when uh, Bilbo gets back to his house finally, there's an estate sale. They think he's dead. He's presumed dead, and they're selling his shit. <laughs> and his cousins don't believe that it's him. And he's like, hey, you're dead. We're going to take all your stuff. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> so it's a weird way to end a book about... Well, the, a quest in fighting a dragon and an army of orcs. The tone is inconsistent, I guess. Right? Like, that's it is. It is. It's. It's goofy. It's like it's. It's goofy for a significant. Like sixty-five percent of the book is goofy. That's fair. But you know, it is what it is. I, I think it's fun to read. If you haven't read it yet, I don't know what the fuck you're listening to this for. But you should read it now that we've ruined the entire plot. Or have seen all three movies. We ruined it less than the movies did. Oh man, the movies were really bad. They, I, I only saw two of them, and they were. Yeah, I never saw the third one. I did. I saw it on. A, I saw the third one on a plane. I saw the second one on a plane. That's really the time that you would watch them. Yeah, yeah. they're not well, bad. They're fine. They're fine. They're competently. I mean, made. if if I cared more about the Hobbit, I would have been upset, but I don't. So they were fine. All right, whose beer wins today? Well, I mean, we kind of picked very little that had to do with the. Punk. Well, they're really? all they're all breakfast stouts. Well, the old Wayfarer, I think, does kind of really nail Gandalf. I mean, I'm gonna go with that one. I'm gonna go with <laughs> old Wayfarer because I don't like heavy coffee stouts, and, and it was actually it was actually pretty good. I mean, I thought it was actually quite good. It's fun. It's like a nice light thing. It kind of tastes like a cider more than just like a mead. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I guess I guess it would depend on the host of beers I had around it. Sure. Like, had we had it in any of the circumstances, it would be like, oh, it's fine. But compared to the other five stouts, it yeah. was like a, a a breath of fresh air. And they were particularly heavy stouts. Three of them were ten percent alcohol. Yeah. In terms of name, I think Gold Wayfarer's best. Best beer, just because I fucking spent so much money on it, I'm just inclined to say CBS was the best beer. I think the the Imperial Mexican Biscotti Cake. That one was. I think that one's my favorite. It was good. It was good. It's fair. It had some pizzazz to it. It is an interesting beer. It's definitely interesting. And stouts generally are pretty consistently similar. Yeah, it has not a lot of variation in the type. It has enough stuff in there to make it distinct. That's fair. Well, let us know what you think. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us at Twitter at uh, drunkguysbc as in book club. Or visit our website at drunkguysbookclub.com. All right. There we go. Join us next week when we read The Giver by Lois Lowry. Next, going to give it to you.